Hi and welcome to the Ross Republic podcast. My name is Adrian. I'm partner at Ross Republic. Uh, today we're going to talk about a super exciting topic, the impact of embedded finance on software as a service, um, especially on the accounting and, uh, and bookkeeping vertical. For that, I'm super excited that we're also uh, joined by two really amazing guests. The first one is Joost Diepelmaat, the co-founder and CEO of Moneybird. How are you doing, Joost? Thanks for joining. I'm good today. How about you? Amazing. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Our second guest is Lars Makul. He's the founder of uh, Embedded Finance Review, which is a newsletter about embedded finance. So shout out to that. Um, before that, he's gained extensive experience actually in uh, embedded finance, um, as well as open finance by working with Weaver and Figo. Thanks, Lars, that you also take the time to join us today. Yeah, thanks, Adrian, for the invite. Happy to be back. Awesome. Let's say maybe before we jump into the topic, embedded finance, um, I'll read out a quick uh, introduction for anyone that is maybe not running a business in Belgium or Netherlands that hasn't heard of Moneybird before. Um, and then I'll ask Joost, uh, Joost for a short uh, background story and how Moneybird was founded. But um, it's, uh, it's a really successful um, online accounting tool for entrepreneurs that want to manage their finances seamlessly. So you can imagine it offers features like uh, creating invoices, storing invoices, scanning receipts, sending quotes, and then all info financial information is collected and enhanced with information from bank statements um, to create accounting reports. And the tool was launched uh, in 2008, so it's already a really major company and uh, focused, as I said, on the Dutch and Belgian market. And now around, uh, or let's say over uh, 300,000 entrepreneurs are using and running the business uh, on this tool. Yeah, I find it always very interesting to hear the background story of uh, how companies are founded and um, why you have chosen this target market and the problems you're solving there. So Joost, maybe um, for the listeners that haven't heard about your tool, maybe a short um, introduction to it and uh, maybe also your own professional background would be really interesting to hear. Yes, um, it's good to, to tell the, the, the listeners a bit about it. Um, it's back to 2000, um, yep. just six, 15, 16 years ago um, and 2005. And um, Edwin, then Edwin is the CEO, and me and one other co-founder, were basically sitting at a table, and um, we had a problem with invoicing. Um, like in those days, you were opening Excel and or even Word and print an invoice, get a post, and bring it to the post yep. office, and that process was basically buggy. And we saw some some solutions there, not in the Dutch market, and we thought, let's build that. Um, and over the years, we evaluated to a okay. bookkeeping platform, and that was basically the first ten first ten years of our company. Um, but during during those days, um, we also saw that the integration with banks, um, the Dutch banks are ING, yep. ABN, Rabobank. Maybe you've heard about them. Um, they were basically market leaders. Um, and some of the bookkeeping uh, softwares, like Exact, maybe you heard about it, or Twinfield, um, they uh, they had their um, connections with the banks, and uh, we also wanted that. Um, but we were basically waiting for PC2 because they okay. were not connecting new private uh, connections. And um, but the thing was um, pretty easy. Uh, we saw the future where mm -hmm. bookkeeping and banking was one. I never thought, not never thought where, if I received an invoice, why, why do I have to go to the bank to pay yep. the invoice? It's freaking easy. And that was an idea um, like six or seven, eight years ago that we had a plan. We want to integrate all that stuff. All right. 
that's uh, yeah, that's super interesting. That 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 was already your vision at that time, um, but probably a little bit uh, ahead of the market, uh, or at least in terms of opportunities. And uh, but um, I think uh, one uh, one way or another, you actually have have come closer to this vision um, because almost a year ago now, in uh, November twenty twenty two. Um, you partnered up with another Dutch uh, Dutch colleague, so to say, so another Dutch uh, um, tech company, Adyen, um, which which our listeners probably know, um, uh, which has built up their own uh, banking as a service unit, so that others can actually integrate um, uh, card issuing and uh, own bank account offerings, which is what you've done. Um, so that um, yeah, like with that, take the offering from balance sheet oversight to like fully embedded financial services, um, so that uh, your users can uh, enjoy the synergy. Of having like one specific dedicated tool to run their business, and um, uh, yeah, in this episode, uh, I would say we, we discuss briefly the state of embedded finance and and what it actually means, and then we can jump into um, into the specifics of how you found it um, or how you how you launched a specific feature. But um, I, I've discussed this with Lars before, and actually, this is an amazing opportunity to uh, reiterate that embedded finance is in a way quite different to open banking in the PSD two world. And and it often gets mixed up, um, but uh, I, I don't know, Lars, if you're still in that view. But I I still think it's 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 true that, that actually open banking is is more about integrating an existing tool or like an existing account. So it's as you said, you someone already has an account with ING or Rabobank, and it's more about pulling this data in. So you you can see your transactions and you can maybe initiate transactions, but you still have your account somewhere else. So some yeah. So is that still also your your view, Lars? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, at the, end, at the end of it, I think you also described it a little bit, right? Like in the in the end, you can uh, could have taken the pure route of money board of just connecting to existing accounts and not getting into the game of offering financial service themselves, or of course doing the the embedded finance way route, right? And I'm guessing for I'm not sure how money board does it, but. I'm sure there are there are many companies who are doing both at the same time, right? There might be some users who are, let's say, married to the bank and they, they couldn't really imagine leaving them. And obviously, if you're focusing on invoicing, you probably don't want to force them to use your bank account. Uh, nevertheless, there might be many who are maybe not really happy with their bank account specifically, or maybe even more likely are not happy with how the integration works because I'm not sure how, it, how it's in the Netherlands and, and, and Belgium perhaps, but in Germany for, for a very long time, even after introducing of PSD2 APIs, there were still lots of issues and connecting was not really uh, really working very nicely. So that was a nice incentive for people then to, to switch for an embedded bank account from, from a provider because then obviously the connectivity is, is not, that, not that relevant. And uh, maybe to just to finish that off, uh, I, a uh, bit of a joke maybe, I don't know, um, uh, when the open banking was introduced, um, banks were obviously not very happy about it and they complained a lot. Now seeing what everything happens with embedded finance and specifically the story of Moneyboard, maybe PST2 was actually there to save some of the banks because it would have enabled them to still live in the front ends uh, that the people want to use. Uh, now companies like, like, like Moneyboard have gone down the route of like, okay, maybe we don't really use, we don't really need those banks anymore. So, so maybe a really good banking, open banking API is an important, uh, uh, important piece for, for surviving for some of these banks. I mean, it sounds a little bit extreme, but um, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. Yes, it's totally true. Um, there are there are some some proof here in the pudding, though. I was I was just a minute ago. I was, I was pointing at the fact that we were trying to get a bank connection before the PSD2 area, where some others bookkeeping software already had that, and those bookkeeping vendors were like in the high corporate market companies were doing millions of 
uh, revenues per year. And we are in the low mid, mid market. The thing was, um, when we, when we came to those banks and we said, okay, can you, can you provide us with a connection um, that this was before the PSC2 area? They said, no. And that's basically um, a strange answer. Um, we, are, we were quite large, um, but they d- didn't want to give us a connection. And why did, didn't they want to c- give us a connection? First of all, it's, it's, it's work, though they have to do some work. But at the end, it was also a, a true game that some of those banks started their own bookkeeping software. It was buggy like hell and doesn't exist anymore. Um, but they wanted to control the end user. They wanted, didn't want to give up the game. And now it P, then PC2 came in. Um, what you see is with PC2 that it's still limited to what the law says, like reconnecting after uh, 90 days the amount of the, the, the number of, 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 uh, of synchronizations per day. I think it's for some banks, it's like five times per day. It's not real time in some cases. Um, it's still limited and not, not, not syncing savings accounts. Um, um, and they still have their advantage there. And for us, that, that's the main stream. We want to have the top-notch infrastructure for building the best solution. We want we want at least the level of infrastructure that a normal bank has to prop, to build the best solution. And that's what Agen came up with. And I think the Dutch banks, for some of them, yeah, I think they just were dumb. They should have talked to us and what, what's the best software that we can provide to you rather than defending their, um, their, their line. And that's what basically happened. I, I, and I'm pretty much sure that the same would have happened in Germany, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, I think it puts them really also at a dilemma um, because obviously they've been op- banks are there for quite a while and to yeah. open up there uh, to the idea that uh, suddenly um, customers are served somewhere else and the data from the bank is there and the bank doesn't really control anymore everything in the value chain. Um, that's uh, that's uh, obviously a can be a scary thought and uh, to this day there's not not one bank that has really pushed this forward because it's kind of you will ha- always have two camps in, in a bank like one is full about all about this and others are still on the old old school way of owning everything and keeping the customer on their interface and nowhere else um so it feels like they're, they're kind of stuck a little bit in that um in that dilemma but um obviously a lot of fintech entrepreneurs have seen that opportunity as well um, both we've seen like the rise, obviously, of um, API aggregators, which have become really big, um, all based on the PSD2 wave. But now, um, what I put in our podcast notes as well is, is this whole um, interesting, interesting word, but this whole API-ification of fintech infrastructure. So companies that uh, are financial companies, so they get the license and they build up um, the, the operational infrastructure for offering bank accounts and cards and payments, but they don't even claim that they want to offer this to their own customers. But they know there are a lot of companies out there which have amazing customer relationships, um, like in your case. And if you think about it, how often do you really want to log into your bank account as an entrepreneur to check your balance and your and your transactions versus how often do you use other tools like your invoicing tool or your, like in Moneybird's case, it's obviously the, you know, probably your, your active users and how, how often they interact with the tool. It's way more than, than a bank account. So I totally see that logic that, um, that also why a lot of fund, funding has went into fintechs that now offer this as an infrastructure play, as an API for companies like, like Moneybird. Um, maybe one, one perspective to cover that as well, and maybe hear from you, Joost. Uh, what about the customer perspective? 
Um, we know many entrepreneurs are not really happy with their, let's say, house banks. Um, maybe corporates are different, but small businesses are usually also a little bit, let's say, underserved. But but last mentioned, some of them might be married to their bank, and others are like totally open to, you know, have banking features provided by someone which is not necessarily a bank. Um, have you done your own or have you your own views on this or even your own research? How do your clients see that? Yes. Um you're true there are some customers who are married to the banks and some of them have good reasons for that like um, they have a mortgage or a loan somewhere uh, things that we don't provide yet um, and um, some banks require to do the to, to do their banking um, at their platform if they lend a mortgage which could be a thing you can yeah think about what it what it means um, for us, more or less, is that we believe in our vision that um, building a basically banking infrastructure within the context of a bookkeeping software is the best we can do for our end users. And if you look historically, um, there was never a bank that was built in a few days. Um, so we don't aim to do that. We try to do our best and we show it to our end users and we um, do whatever we can to convince them to switch to us, but we don't push. And our strategy still is if you want to use Moneybird with your current bank, it's fine. And it, we will support them for the, at least for the new future, um, for the next year, cer certainly. Um, and um, together with that, we prove that we are doing better. And if we don't, we should do better. Um, that's how we build our company and we always did that so yeah and and the 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 biggest advantage that we have is that we have all the financial facts in our system so uh if you log into your bank the bank doesn't have your balance the bank doesn't have your results and the bank doesn't know the invoices that are still open and we can provide the user with better uh, decision-making tools and do better integrations. And for example, a good example that we've seen in the nearby future is Apple to tap to pay integration. If you, if you, maybe you had a, a someone like in a in a market that you that you used to to, to yeah, I know in, in Germany the, the payment terminals are not everywhere, but. <laughs> We can talk about ours for that. But in the Netherlands, you see a lot of s small entrepreneurs who uh, um, have like a payment terminal, portable. Um, in that process, you have to make an invoice. You, they, uh, they, they offer you the payment terminal. And then afterwards, they match that in the bookkeeping software. And we do that in straight one line. So it's not we are not far from the, from the moment that you open the Moment Money Word app. Um, start uh, a, a transaction, offer the end user to make a payment on your phone, so you accept that, and we create an invoice at the background, the end user can scan a QR code, has the invoice, and everything is linked and booked together at once. You never have to look again, you've got one device, and everything is at your, in your pocket. And that vision of creating, uh, operating in the context of banking and bookkeeping opens a brand new world 
And that's what we, that's one of the main reasons. And this is just an example that we see. And, and because we are in the line of transactions, we have much more certainties of transactions. So we can link things together and we are sure that this match is matching together. There's no not a one person chance of things not being matched or wrong or whatever. No, we, we are for sure. And that's the whole thing where automation can take place. Yeah, I fully agree. I think that's a super nice example. Um, how accounting and um, and then the transactions by of also offering um, payment acceptance tools or the account um, can work nicely together. So maybe then if you jump directly into how you started, how, how did you even come across this embedded finance topic? I know you had it on your mind, but obviously, um, I think like five, six years ago, you would still have need to build a lot of the stuff in-house. And now with Etienne and others, um, you have a lot, many options to choose from. How did you approach this topic? Was this coming? Was it like that you felt like now is the right time to do it? Or was it coming from your customers or, your, you know? We, we had already had some contacts with Adyen, but we were in, we, Molly has also, uh, Molly, I don't know if the, Dutch, the German listeners know Molly. Um, but, probably, yeah. Yeah, um, which is a perfectly fine payment service provider. And we've known Adrian Moll very well uh, from the beginning and the early starts. Um, and um, but we were also in some talks with Agen, and at a certain point they showed us their product and their idea, and we said, okay, that's what we've been waiting for years. Um, I think there was a German provider, I don't know what's the name again, um, who also had a banking as a platform service, Solaris maybe. Yeah, yes, yeah, Solaris, and we also had some chats with Solaris, but it was pretty good, um, but not really our hundred percent fit. But Agen um, came to us, and they said, okay. Moneybird is one of the prospects we would like to show our product for the first time, and and we, um, we have, yeah, the advantage is basically that we are also a Dutch company, and connections are, yeah, yeah, we are really we are really on the same level, engineering wise, people wise, and we can we can make fast maneuvers, so we can we can go to the left or the right, and and certainly when you. Um, build an API for the first time, things are not always perfectly fine. And we had many, many iterations and um, we are re really, really happy with their partnerships in, in general. Um, it's a huge product. It's not like you build that in a few days. It's, 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 it's quite a bit of work, um, but it's, it's working really, really well. But, it, but it, it's, it's just for me to understand, it's, it's a bank account and a debit card. So basically when I, I imagine if I sign up for Moneybird, I want to do invoicing, you might uh, offer me the, the bank account and I go through a typical KYC onboarding. And afterwards then I have my bank account, which I can, with where the IBAN, I can include it in my invoice and then I get paid on that. And then I can transfer out money to maybe my personal account uh, for personal spending and use a debit card for, for, for business banking. Let's see product offering that is basically directly embedded and everything is visible, usable inside the usual Moneybird solution. Yeah, and also the onboarding is within our infrastructure. So you, the end user doesn't see any any Agen interface. Um, and, and onboarding is a large part of that. Um, and all the laws are around that. And um, that's, it's, that's a large thing to do. So recently we integrated uh, with a party that's doing a passport scanning with the NFC scanning. Uh, we also, we had to build that ourselves um, to, to get the whole chain working. Um, 
I don't know how Agen is going to. I, I think they're going to improve that flow for new partners. Um, but that that was a huge part of the work. Um, and what you said is right. We provide the user with an IBAN, and we can more offer more IBANs. Um, we can do uh, the, the Apple Pay and uh, Google Pay integration. Um, that stuff, and we have uh, like a, a, a virtual card. And, uh, and a normal bank card. And um, additionally, there are more services like uh, lending and, and other offerings that we may add in the future. Um, and so there are, there are more products built around. It's it's like a cat catalog, like Apple Tip to Pay is also one of the things in the catalog. We haven't implemented that, but it's um, some, yeah, there's a whole, whole catalog of, of services around it. Yeah, and it's all under your Moneybird branding, obviously, just so the yep. listeners understand. So it's fully branded, it's fully accessible in your UI. Yes. Um, and as you said, people don't even leave like the flow when they get onboarded to it. It's it's all on Moneybird. Yeah, and, and, and the good thing is to you know we had um, in, in the Netherlands, I don't know how it works over there, but in the Netherlands, it can, it can take for a new business, it can weeks to, to get a bank account. And we had situations yep. that we were basically onboarding people in like two or three days. And, nice. and yep. that, that's also, and basically you start a company, um, what you need is invoicing and a bookkeeping solution, and you need a bank account. And we provided that at once, straight. And three, four days you're set up and done. And that's that's what I really, really like. Yep. So so you, you sign up to Moneybird, um, did you, so if I understand correctly, um, the way you have brought this to market, you're not separating it if someone so you, you get your Moneybird price package and with that you will get KYC and everything because that will be there not as a hard bundle in that sense. There will be the Moneybird account or? No, it's not a hard bundle yet. Um, at this stage, we, we offer the banking account in the highest price pricing packages. Um, we may change that, change that in the future um, because for us as an organization, it's it's also a new thing. Uh, it's, it's um, yeah, it's not the easiest product to offer um, to say. Um, and um, but in we may change that in the future. Um, but at, in this stage, we we offer it in the in more in the high, higher pricing packages, and it's still optional. Uh, okay. And, and I think it's going to remain optional for a while because if you want a, another banking solution, yeah, you, you should find should be fine though. Yeah, yeah. And and let's say apart from the um, functional benefits that. You know, your customers really enjoy and benefit from these um, um, seamless integrations that you have the account and the transactions plus your invoicing and the um, all the accounting data around this in one tool. Um, obviously, that makes life way easier for your clients. Um, um, how, how about the economics perspective behind this? Because we know, like the current the current landscape for SaaS companies that were, for example, if you look at the venture funded ones that. The, the, the dynamics totally changed now in this market environment. So profitability and, you know, uh, operational efficiency have become super important suddenly. And with that, we've also seen um, on, a, on, a, on a paper, for example, that we're writing currently on how integrated financial services impact the bottom line of, of software companies that are not banks. Um, some of them that really have doubled down on this, they make over 50%, uh, sometimes 80, 90% of the whole results with financial services revenue. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure you thought about this as well, um, but of course, um, accounts and cards sometimes are difficult to monetize, but as you said, there's going to be a product roadmap. 
was this at all um, a decision factor or how do you think about this? Because obviously you've been operating for a long time already on the market. You have your paid plans. Um, so there is, there is a good revenue model behind your product. Um, do you see this as an add-on or something that in the future might become even really big or how, how do you think about this um, in the first place? Um, I personally think about it a little bit differently. Um, uh, my take is that we make money on a bookkeeping software and okay and can be really competitive on the banking solutions too um with that um um yes we make some money on the on the on the banking solution and we may yeah we need more capacity in our organization because we are offering banking solutions and that's because like anti money laundering laws and kyc solutions so uh, a banking product cannot can never be free um but from my point point of view um there's a lot of bank banks are making their money too easily um it's it's like like the interest is ecb you, you it's like it's, it's huge now uh, it's like i don't know what's it's like four and a half four five four and a half percent and they're offering like 1.5% to the end user. So like they're making three um, on their huge capital of amounts. Um, I'm not quite sure whether that is the fairest thing to do. Um, and um, we, yeah. we, 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 we currently do, do not offer interest yet because we haven't that built that. Um, but like those things you, if from my perspective, I think Moneybird should be a company that stands with the customers. Um, yes, we are a um, very healthy company. So we make money, we make profit and we um, make serious profits. And that's because we want to be stable and and for the, we are in for the long term. Um, but banking on on, on, on its... In, in the essence is like a thing that um, any entrepreneur needs to have. It's like not an optional thing. And it's like having a house, like, you know, um, it's, it's an essential thing to, 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 to do your job. And I'm not quite sure that, in a, that we should live in a world where maybe people make shitloads of money on those essentials. Yep. Yeah, I fully agree. And especially if you look at business accounts, uh, I think yeah. uh, a lot of people are waiting for interests uh, on a business account even. Um, yeah. But but last, uh, I think one one interesting topic that I really wanted to cover with yours as well was uh, like if there were any, any in hindsight, any surprises, good or bad, or like learnings that you would have done maybe some, some things differently in implementation. And you already mentioned it's a long road and with APIs, yeah. if you begin, it can be. But yeah, yeah sure. Um, but that's 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 part of the game um, if you develop a new API with uh, with HN you 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 know that you have some struggles you cannot it's, it's it's like a prototype and you you make announcements and you have migrations on our on our side so you have changes in data models you you they, they, we are the first customer for them and 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 and, and the other game is also true you know um, they are the first partner for us that built such an infrastructure. And so everything has to be in sync. 
and you it, it sounds easy but um it's really hard um, um but yeah it, it took up some some serious amount of time i think we would have spent about half of the time if we had to do it now again with their current state of their api um and new players have really an advantage <laughs> because of the work we did with them but that's that's fine um i'm um that's part of the, the game and um but we didn't have really really huge struggles though we were um in general we were happy and uh, um i'm very all yeah i i, I kind of yeah i have been i've had quite a lot of partnerships <laughs> partnerships and i call them sometimes partnerships because uh yeah no partnering up but people can be can be hard and they other players can really have their agenda um but um in general i'm really positive about the state of Agen, and uh, I, I really encourage other players to, to talk with him and um, we we don't want to be the, the only player on the platform that's not good for us um, um we, we see the advantages of more more embedded finance tools in in di different segments of the markets to to also work with them um yeah I, I, do have, I, do have, I do have a question. I mean, I think you, you mentioned now, like, like, like your, your challenges maybe using the ADN API in a very early stage and, and develop them. Like overall, I mean, I'm not sure like how much experience you have gained yet, but like, let's say from all the challenges and in startup life, it's always challenges, right? Uh, that, you, that you have to overcome in, in building and launching this product. Like there's obviously the part of connecting to ADN APIs. Maybe another one is building the front end, like building the product on top of it. And maybe the third one is, educating convincing customers of, of like onboarding the thing which, which which one of these three do you think is like it was the hardest challenge for you or i mean how, how do you see these three different challenges uh, in terms of like like overcoming them yeah uh well, well the kyc stuff is, okay. is the hardest stuff and that's that's an interface we never built before and but like integrating in or helping customers to go through them no we, we yeah, we provide we, we we upload the KYC mm -hmm. information to to agent and um, do parts of that, and they also have their own resp responsibility. But it's basically a shared shared part, and it was a new thing for us. Um, um, we see that customers when they um, are are pretty okay with okay, let's start a new bank account, um, and we are still in the early stage, and we well. well yeah let's start give it and it's working in a few days okay fine and they gradually gradually they switch over to to us and think oh this, this integration is going fine um i'm not sure we are in a state where the most most of the customers are um um are uh, ending their bank accounts yet from the current provider but that's the thing that we we kind of see probably in the nearby future um I, i'm really optimistic to be honest Nice. And uh, um, related to that, I think, um, Lars, how, how have you seen uh, software companies integrating financial services? Usually they make this an internal project, right? That you have like some PM or like some internal people that uh, talk to partners, then you decide for a partner and you need some engineering resources uh, for the front end and so on. And um, so it's not like you just connect to an API and everything works out of the box. So um, um, what, what have you seen last in terms of team size that's needed to pull this off? And then we can compare how Yoast is running this at the moment. 
<laughs> uh, that, that's that's uh, I know a hard question to answer just like with like one one number. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends a lot. I mean, you can also share more around that, right? But it depends a lot on like what like what the timeline is that you want to integrate it. Um, how how much you're doing it with a team full time or more doing on the side? I've seen teams who are working on it for for quite some time, and it's not the the highest priority, so it kind of goes uh, goes on the side. Uh, but I guess like you can you can easily pull that off with uh, I would say like a, a handful of team team members uh, if it's not something maybe that you want to get out in in a in a few weeks or something like that, right? But then again, it, I mean I've I've worked with like early stage companies to uh, Series A, Series B, Series C. There is obviously the bigger the companies are, the, the more resources they need as well, because there is more complexity in the business, existing products that need to be taken into consideration and, and existing processes need to be changed and, and all of that. So uh, it's, it's hard. I think it's hard to answer for, 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 for all of them. I guess that the challenge, I mean, I think you also described it quite nicely that they had already uh, uh, touching points with Adian and, and probably were um, through that already like pretty convinced it's a, it's a good partner. It was still good to talk to Solaris and, and other providers on the market, but having a good feeling with one provider is obviously then also uh, quite a uh, quite a quite a helpful step. stone. I guess one of the big challenges that I see often is that, I mean, by now there's so many providers for products like this, right? I mean, there's easily, all of us can come easily come up with like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine names by now uh, that are all all good names, good customers out there. Okay, who 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 do you pick now, right? And it's it's just a technical aspect, it's a product aspect, uh, it's a strategy aspect, country coverage, feature aspect, all these kind of things, right? So yeah, it's that, that's a challenge. Yeah, but um, I think the end user will push all those providers to the same directions. Um, mm. um, and generally, we we all need the same um, for those interfaces. So yeah, uh, um, I personally think that the professionality of the organization behind the solution is is the key differentiator and um yeah we are we are really happy happy with that Jan, about that and they are um, are product focused and i like that um and they are they're not they well they have a good commercial team but at the end they are in for the long term they believe about in the solution and um I think the best solutions at the end will win, and um, really, we are really happy with them. Yeah, yeah, of course. I think it's also it's a big difference if it's already a stock listed large company versus a, a fintech uh, just really starting up. Um, so I totally get that point of view. Can you share like how like have you set up a separate um, like let's say financial services team, or is it more shared responsibility now? How did you solve that? Now in Moneybird we work with ShapeUp, the ShapeUp methodology. Uh, it's a eight, it's six six week cycle. We build products in, and we have like twenty five engineers and a few product people, um, um, and we build pitches like six weeks products, and we spend a lot of those products on the agent stuff. Um, it goes from the, the onboarding flow to integrating it to the into the uh, into the mobile app to. Um, supporting it and understanding the processes um, but it took some serious effort from team and I would say um, 10 people for about a year to get to the point maybe a bit more um, to the point we are now um, so that's a serious amount of work and it's full, full time um, um, we made did make it as a side project it was our main focus uh, we were still big build, building bookkeeping features, but there was some serious focus. But we had to make the bet, otherwise we would not get to the 
final result, um, you have to do KYC, you have to integrate with the APIs, you have to optimize your app, you have to like to the the authentication flows need to be right to 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 uh, to initiate the payment and proceed proceed it, and that's all all the stuff you have to build, and that's some serious amount of work, and you cannot try it before everything works. So it, there, there's not a prototype where you did where you offer a banking account with without KYC. That's you know that's 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 the the hard thing, um, and um, yeah, we we made made a serious bet, but I'm really happy we're. Uh mm -hmm. Nice. You maybe um, also for for the outlook of this podcast, you already mentioned that you hope that more software companies would. Uh, on board with these providers and integrate banking services. Um, any other like software, I mean, there's so many software tools, obviously for so many verticals, um, mm -hmm. targeting all sorts of uh, small business um, industries and uh, specific tasks they have to do on a daily basis. Um, what are like, other than finding a, tr a trustworthy and reliable partner, some guidelines or tips that you would recommend to anyone, maybe also for maybe even not to include a financial services or if they want to, what should they really um, take into account or, or um, what would you give advice to any other SaaS entrepreneurs out there? My, my thing is, um, it's a serious amount of work and what, what is the benefit of a particular, particular solution? Um, there are many providers and some, some of them do their onboarding in their own flow and then offer the banking. And that, 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 that can be a choice. And it's not... Um, um, It's not a, a bad choice, in, in my opinion. If you do the onboarding with the bank and then then you use the financial services um, in your own application, um, it would have lifted us, us earlier off. Um, but from my point of view, if I had to make one uh, decision, I think um, the limitation of your providers that you pick Uh, should need, should, there should not be so many constraints. You you want everything. Uh, you want a large list of things that you can do in your API calls. A huge thing of features, and no limitations. Because you want to get, you don't want to get stuck in in the future where you have to when you build more when you extend your services. Yeah, and that's a good thing about Yen. They offer a lot of stuff, and uh, it's like a library of things that we can pick out. And I'm, I'm really happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Last from from your side, um, like with uh, other non-financial brands that uh, integrate financial services, um, uh, in, in terms of roadmap and in terms of things to um, like like to decide. Uh, one, for example, one interesting th um, um, thing I read recently was that um, any company that, for example, sees payment flows, um, like you also already mentioned, like payment acceptance tools, for example. Um, they they should even have a bigger incentive to also really go into financial services because they already, in the best case, control these flows. So then, uh, uh, you know, putting in a, a bank account to collect the, and save that money, um, but also payment tools like cards and, and lending. Um, how do you see that um, kind of decision point at the moment? Yeah. Um, 
I think it's a good question. I, yeah. think, I think there's always rules to the, to the exception. I think there's always some specific companies also on the P2C side who have a very strong brand who can potentially pull off. Sometimes things, I think like generally from a general advice, uh, I quite like how, how, how Matthew Harris from, from Bain Capital like framed it. Uh, he says like uh, data rich and, and sticky B2B software is uh, these two criteria that typically uh, when if you have them a place, if you are a, a service provider which is sticky, like you, I mean invoicing is obviously a super sticky one like your customer comes back on a uh, hopefully on a, on a very regular basis uh, to write invoices that's good and 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 data rich of course as well because then very often um, you can also build a unique advantage uh, uh, against other banks right I mean I think we, we learned it here quite well what Moneybird has, has built or is building is that it's not just a stupid bank account right it's not like the the Moneybird account is not like uh, it's not like an ING account right it can it can do a lot more yet yeah, the basic is the same it's an and it's receiving SIPA transfers as a card, making spending. That's that's uh, that's uh, let's say the, the hygiene level of a bank account, right? What they what the what the unique part is basically building all on top of it, immediately uh, matching of open invoices, uh, helping with probably a cash flow proper uh, projections and and a lot of other things around the, the financial life. And I guess that's what you can do if you are a sticky data rich business. And I think um, I think maybe uh, maybe maybe a tool like a like a CRM is maybe a bit further away of offering financial services like uh, uh, but obviously everything around uh, closer to invoicing closer to to the daily operational life of, a, of an entrepreneur uh, has some great has some great potentials to, to build something like this yeah absolutely actually a good point like who's using the tool like a CRM person might not be necessarily working in finance or like handling money related tasks so I think um, who, who's using the tool is also maybe a big, big uh, um, determinant if you should use uh, embedded finance. Yeah, and, and in itself, um, I, I mean, we've also worked with uh, many banks and banks, uh, of course, what the services they provide to the market are extremely important, but a bank service usually in itself doesn't have a function like an account or a payment functionality. It's just to do something bigger in a context and banks don't see that context usually. They don't know why someone needs to make a payment, uh, sorry, make a um a payment um, or as you said they don't know um, if something will come into the accounts in the next week because there are open invoices so to place these features directly in the context i think that's the big promise of a meta yes. finance yeah. you're totally right the context is is where you live and now yeah. uh, now no, we you have to pull it to the context and now you can embed it into the context exactly that's the, that's the difference here yeah so um uh, if, if you would follow like that logic, uh, I guess we will see again maybe a rise of banks that suddenly go into SaaS or something that they uh, suddenly understand they hmm. need to offer something on top of the banking stuff when others are offering banking on top of something that's non-banking. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if that's their core competence. Um, but um, um, or on the other hand, they could also obviously go into the banking as a service direction to just uh, leave the context to others that uh, can do it better but yeah it will be very interesting to see how the market develops um, and for all the listeners obviously that run a business in in Belgium or the Netherlands um, I definitely recommend to check out Moneybird uh, it's that's moneybird.nl um, and uh, for last embedded finance newsletter newsletter I also definitely recommend if you're interested in uh, all things embedded finance on a global scale that's embedded finance review altogether.com um and yeah i know we went a little bit over time but Joost and and Lars <laughs> thanks a lot that you took the time um also to share your learnings Joost i think that's super valuable um it's an upcoming market so not everyone is uh, knowing what they're getting into when they launch something in embedded finance so it's super interesting to always 
hear it directly from people that have done it. So thanks a lot for joining. Thanks for having us. Thanks for yeah. having us. Have a nice day. Bye. <laughs>